turns out just hunks. Well, hello, hunkers. It's TJ Cornet. Um, it's been a long, long time coming for this uh, third episode. I, I do apologize. I've been uh, working quite hard lately at my job, you know, paying bills, uh, exchanging services and goods for uh, wages in which I exchange for goods and services and whatnot. Uh, so unfortunately, I have not been able to uh, take the time out to really do some some of my fun hobbies, including this one, so I apologize. Again, I have to apologize. Summit's not with me for this intro, but he'll be in the interview, so I know that's who you guys are excited about. Um, I really wanted to get this one published uh, ASAP, otherwise I would have definitely had made sure Summit was in this intro. Um, we're interviewing our second guest, Hunk, uh, Mr. Powell Cobb. Uh, Powell is a very, very good friend of mine, uh, roommate in college. Um, wicked smart dude um, and it was his birthday yesterday so I wanted to, to get this out here uh, to serve as his birthday and I think we originally recorded this sometime in August so if some of the references are a little old again you have no one to blame me uh, so without further ado here is our second Uncle Hunk interview happy birthday pal Second typical hunk guest here, Mr. Powell Cobb. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you uh, you at home, uh, you missed the riveting conversation between Summit and Powell talking about his shoes. Mm-hmm. Just very important, very typical hunk things. Hey man, I'm in the market for sandals. <laughs> what can I say? You want some hiking sandals? Yeah. Get the man some hiking sandals. I want to have sandals for the summer and not have to... I hate my flip-flops. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. They're just not good what to What do you want to like about them? They're just not good to walk in. I just want to be able to like walk for like... Ten minutes without feeling terrible. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah, uh, they have these crazy things called tennis shoes. No, I mean it's hot though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't want to wear socks. My feet get really sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah I they wanna, do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't wear socks with us. Uh, anyway, uh, to avoid a uh, thirty-minute discussion on shoes, um, <laughs> pal, why don't you tell us about uh, a little bit about yourself? Just give us a, the the snapshot of Pal Cobb. That's hard to do in a, in, a, in this short segment, but uh. Just, just give, give the basics. <laughs> I want the stats. I if you were a Pokemon card, what would it say on there? Okay. What would your attack be? Uh, I have 90 HP. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Powell Cobb. I'm from Athens, Georgia. I was born in Atlanta. Moved to Athens when I was two or three, and I grew up there, graduated from high school there, and I went to the same liberal arts college as UTJ, <gasps> if you remember. No. I think we roomed together. <laughs> for like a year or two. <laughs> lived together for like three years. Yeah. Or something so ridiculous. There's a lot of alcohol like involved. <clears throat> yeah, a lot of alcohol, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. To, to be honest, though, if I had to sum up our college experience, I would not say alcohol would be like up there. Smash, maybe? Smash. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I definitely pressed the A button on that GameCube controller more than I swallowed alcohol. But I did, <laughs> I did swallow a lot of alcohol, yeah, too. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, currently... Oh, I gotta get my weight and uh, my height. I'm 5'11", mm-hmm. 185. Okay, nice. And uh, I am currently the editor of a newspaper in South Georgia. Very nice. Searchlight. Very nice. In Bainbridge. 
<clears throat> and um, doing my thing down there. Yeah, nice. So uh, Athens, um, talk a little bit about that. So how long were you in Athens? Six, sixteen years. Yeah. And and they've got a, a college there, right? A really small university called the University of Georgia. Yeah, you might have heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big in, okay. in Athens. Yeah, I think they're all right. Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I should hate them, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of funny, though, because you did the opposite of what most people do, where they go to Athens for four years and leave, and you grew up there, and then you left yeah. college. <laughs> that's the thing. I could not wait to get out. Um, I love that town to death. I mean, it's a great place to grow up. There's so much to do. Yeah. And you're never going to be bored. I've heard it's, like, the best econo- like city to live in economics-wise, like, in terms of how much you get for what you're paying. Really? Yeah, it's really good there. Mm-hmm. The bars are super cheap because it's a college town. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can deal with college kids, like, yeah, yeah. and like the the properties and stuff, like houses don't don't cost that much. Oh. So, um, yeah, one of my favorite artists actually lives there, uh, Kishibashi. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's played there a couple times, and he moved there last year or something. Okay. And so he's like around. <laughs> so he liked it so much that he moved there. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I don't remember where he's from, but um, he's like Japanese, but I don't know where he's oh. been throughout his life. But he's come to the he's come to Athens a lot because Athens has a great music scene, like I said. A very great music scene. So, yeah, lots yeah. Of good bands. I've been there a handful of times for music and concerts. So, so, so you Athens, and you decided to move out. Where, what other colleges did you look at besides Yale, Georgia <coughs> College? I looked at North Georgia and Georgia College. Literally, those are the two colleges. And I went and visited North Georgia's campus. <clears throat> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rag on North Georgia, but it wasn't me. It wasn't mm-hmm. for me. And then the next school that I had on my list to visit was Georgia College in Milledgeville. And the minute I stepped on the campus, I did not care about, I want to get here. So was, was UGA place. ever an option? No, I never even applied. Not, okay, really? I, 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 I did not want to go to the school 10 minutes away from where my parents lived, literally mm-hmm. right down the street. Like mm-hmm. something about that, like I wanted to get away. I wanted to, I wanted to throw myself out into the water and see if I could swim. I think I, I, think I was successful in that. But uh, I just felt like I needed to, to detach myself from, from the household a little bit and get away and see what life was like from uh, not underneath my parents' wings anymore. Yeah, I mean, that makes so, sense. And, um, so what's the distance between, like, GCSU and... Hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. So, yeah, so, that's a good amount. And, yeah, it was a good amount if I needed to come home for anything. Right. And I, I needed Hope Scholarship, too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, in Valdosta, that was too far away and below the Nat line, which I can vouch for the Nat line now. I, I live in Nat country, and I'm really <laughs> glad I didn't go to school down there. So it was a great place. Yeah, fantastic school, best so, school in Georgia. So you're you are south south Georgia, just as south as you can get, correct? I am 40 miles from the Alabama border and 30 miles from the Florida border. So I'm in that little corner down there, in the Georgia corner. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, what uh. What uh, what of those areas have you liked living in the most? Between Athens, Bainbridge, Milledgeville? Yeah. Milledgeville. Yeah. Was it the college experience or was the, it actually it was the, the college town experience. area as well? Oh, I, mean, I don't think I would I don't think I would move to Milledgeville <laughs> and not live in that college bubble. But mm-hmm. uh that was definitely my favorite four years of of living and so far in life. I'm, mm-hmm. only, I'm only twenty four years old, obviously. Cross my fingers. Hopefully, I have many more years in front no, of me. No, this is but, you've already hit. The best is way behind you. <laughs> this is a slow march to the grave. <laughs> no, it's just I'm just slowly drowning. Yeah, but um, it definitely Millersville. And uh, 
I want to keep moving around and, and finding new places. And uh, next on my list is Atlanta. And um, I want to experience that big city because I've experienced kind of the semi-big city with Athens and then the college town with Milledgeville and then small town Georgia <laughs> with Bainbridge. <laughs> then the next step is to go all the way to the top of Atlanta. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. We'll see how that is. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So um, what... Uh, what kind of hobbies do you do? What are what are you? How do you fill up your time when you're not working? I let's see. I um, I read a lot of comic books. Big comic book fan. I play. Shout it! Shout it to the world! I read comics. <laughs> I uh, I play a lot of music. Uh, I play guitar, and um, I like to draw. I'm an artist. I like to draw and I like to write. Um, it's it's kind of hard to write though. When your job already is writing, mm-hmm. you're yeah. you're around words all day, and you get tuck it out. Like I I write probably anywhere between two thousand to three thousand words a day, and when you come home from that, it's like okay, I love to write, but I do not want to pick up on this book I'm working on or this script I'm working. On. It's like I want to get away. I want to mm-hmm. veg out. I want to look at the TV screen or play music or something Absolutely. like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, but my ultimate goal would be to write books, mm. and uh, working in a newspaper kind of slows you down when you're doing that. But I love it. So. Yeah, I felt that a lot lately too <clears throat> with like software development. So it's yeah. like, and I code for eight hours a day. I don't want to come home and code some yeah. more. But yeah. like, you know, people want you to have side projects and exactly. like stuff for like you exactly. know, your resume and your portfolio. It's like, hey man, this is one aspect of my life. Like I like it, and yeah. I'm already devoting like a third. Yeah. Like, day to it not even if it's my waking hours like half my waking hours right mm-hmm. so it's like I don't want to keep doing that when I come home I have other interests I have other yeah. passions like yeah. so I feel you there but uh, what kind of things do you draw like what medium uh, I, in growing up like in high school when I really got into art uh, I did a lot of portraits I like drawing people like you sketch or uh, paint just, or or just um, across the board render it no I don't I dabbled in paint okay. mainly it's, it's graphite pencil okay pencil yeah. illustrations um, and I love to draw people so I would do my favorite musicians, or my friends, or you know, other artists that I like. Anything I do, and um, I, I've worked in comics a little bit. I'm not. It's it's such a stylized medium, mm-hmm. and it's it's really hard to kind of sink into a style that works. So I'm constantly all over the place when I'm drawing comic books, and I I can't find a distinct style that fits me. So it's 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 sort of a slow process. I don't draw as many comics as I used to, mm-hmm. but um, when I do draw, it, it's working on small sketch projects, kind of like what you're talking about, just portraits. I love to draw people. Yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting, and and I don't know if I because I, I am not an artist as far as drawing goes. I've got the the handwriting and artistry skills of a third grader, um, <laughs> well, well, but but. Uh, <laughs> um, it's interesting, and, and I want to ask you if you feel this way, but I, I've listened to a lot of co- uh, podcasts about comedians, and a uh-huh. lot of it they talk about is finding your voice yeah. and how that takes 20, 25 years to totally. find your voice before you are, you know, you know what works for you. Yeah. Is that the same way with drawing, do you feel like? Is it something um, that is going to take years and years and years to develop a voice, for lack of a better term? Kind of. When you're, when you're drawing a portrait say if I were drawing a portrait of Summit <clears throat> we know what Summit looks like we know if my drawing is going to look like Summit or not mm-hmm. when you're doing a realistic interpretation like that I don't think there's as much there are certain techniques 
that you might be able to consider your voice that you can use. But at the end of the day, people are going to look at it and say, does that look like Summon or not? <clears throat> With comic, just kind of stuff, absolutely. Because mm -hmm. there are so many different varying styles and looks that you can make your illustrations look like. Mm -hmm. And um, you look at someone like Jim Lee, who who drew the first Justice League yeah. issues for mm -hmm. the New 52. Yeah, I think he, he holds the record with Chris Claremont for X-Men number one back in 1992. The most selling comic ever. Yeah. Oh, dang. <clears throat> yeah. Big deal. He, um, that style is distinctly different from Mike Mignola, who draws Hellboy. Or, or Rob Liefeld. Or Rob Liefeld, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, would, I actually would want Rob Liefeld closer to, to Jim Lee. But yeah. Mike Mignola, you have these... It's very... He takes geometrical shapes, and they look like people, but it's, it's just... I can't describe it. He uses pools of ink, bottles of ink, mm -hmm. to fill out these huge just black shadows on the page. Whereas Jim Lee is more... He's just more... I don't know, it's just comic book e. It, I feel like, and just looking at the, the comics I've read from, it seems a lot more cut. It's yeah. it's it's very sharp. Very sharp. Yeah. And cut and like shiny. Yeah. As a style, I don't, I don't know if that's a technical term or not, but that's. It doesn't need to be technical. No. It's whatever you want. It's like it's like wine tasting. Just shout out whatever comes to your mind, yeah. and like people, oh, oh mm. how did they pick that note out? Oh yes. Let's oh, taste it taste now. very fruit to do do Good strokes, right? Tastes like yeah, that. Great strokes. <laughs> it's a heavy bass on this one. Uh, speaking of strokes and bass, uh, I'd love to go back to maybe um, how you developed your. Uh, taste and an evolution of what kind of music you've listened to because oh, for yeah. myself um, I feel like I just go through phases I don't feel like I really grow in music it's, it's just like alright I'm going through like a weird um, blues phase and now uh -huh. I'm going to techno and now uh -huh. I'm going to whatever and I feel like it's just, um, are you that way or did you evolve from something to, to, to something or describe that for us kinda yeah Look, what, I f what, I what never... was the first CD you bought what was the very? Let's oh, start from the basic. Yeah, let's question. start. Let's start from the basic. What's the first Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. That was fourth or fifth grade. Bought Smash Mouth. With allowance money or? Shoot, I might have been given it for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But it definitely was the first city I ever owned. Yeah. Yeah. And given one song, <laughs> All Star. <laughs> that was my mo. Nice. I mean, oh, every morning. But. I would say the pivotal moment in my life in terms of music and, and shaping my taste was my dad lending me Led Zeppelin's Greatest Hits. That'll do it. And that, <laughs> before that, I was listening to Green Day, um, a lot of that kind of stuff, yeah. all the pop punk stuff. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And at the same time, this was seventh, eighth grade, I was learning to play guitar. Listening to those Led Zeppelin tracks, and and my my virgin music guitarist brain hearing that, and then looking at the guitar, thinking, how the hell does he <laughs> does that? How did like it launched me mm. into just a whole new never listen. I'd always listen to Boston and stuff like that, but that classic rock, like those bands, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, ACDC, all that that music inspired me to get better at guitar mm. and getting better at guitar inspired me to keep looking for different bands like that and it was kind of like this the guitar and the music was feeding off of each other and that changed my music life 
forever. Yeah. And, and that just took me in a whole new direction. I probably would have listened to Fall Out Boy and stuff like that <laughs> if, if I had a plan. Are you dissing on Fall Out Boy? I'm dissing on Fall Out Boy. <laughs> wow, Defend them. Defend them. Defend what have they got? That was, okay, you remember Sugar We're Going Down? Yeah. I remember actually watching that music video in this basement. <laughs> like, on that TV over there. And, like, I just watched it. And I remember that deer-headed music video. I was like, what is this? This is, yeah. but, like, so good. And, yeah. I don't know, this was in high school, I think? Uh, yeah, it's got to be early high school. Maybe it was right, even, like, late middle school or something. Yeah. But that song just, like, hit me, and I was like, this is really? a good song. Like, I don't know, but I have no shame in saying that last year I went to that revival tour with, like, Fall Out Boy and mm. Panic of the Disco, and mm. 21 Pilots was still, like, brand new. They were opening for them, too. Um, they've gotten a little bit bigger since then, but, like... Man, that was like that was like my phase, I guess. But like, yeah. I don't know. I learned "Sugar We're Going Down" like on my trombone, on my band. That's how much I love like that song. Yeah, man, it was good stuff. Like, I don't know, but I've come a long way since then. Yeah, like, that's why I don't like to bash on it because it's like even from the most humble roots, you can get into some weird music. Yeah, so like, it's yeah, yeah. so, like you know, like a year ago I saw that, and that's where I started from. And like, just Tuesday, I watched I, I watched a performance with this band called Death Grips. And I think I've heard of them. Before. They're like hip punk, hip hop, like really harsh sounding. Uh-huh. Like the my best description, my favorite description of them is um, they're hobo rap, and it's just like the most primal <laughs> like thing. Yeah. And I it, it was at the masquerade, and so it was nice. like, in heaven, hot as hell. Like, but you just feel like you just want to rage. Like people rushing. Like and that's totally different seeing the Fall Out Boy, right? But sure, like, sure, sure. I don't know. It's like I don't. Yeah. I don't listen to music tastes unless it's like pop country. <laughs> um, like other than country, that, though, girl, I don't know. Shake, I think everybody goes girl. goes through that thing, right? So sure, I, I agree. I yeah. agree. And I I went through that weird phase pretty early on, but it was a guitar and listening to bands that wanted to, that I wanted that would make me better at guitar. Right, right. Those those really detailed lead guitar riffs, like. It's gonna be like I, the I was, 70s, I was, 80s. yeah, I was yeah. search, I was craving, like, what can I listen to that I can learn that'll make me learn this riff to totally. make me better at being able to play. Yeah, and Fall Out Boy just wasn't that. Oh, for definitely me. not. I wouldn't <clears> say that at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, what I really want to do is get better at guitar, and so I was listening to music that was kind of feeding that. Yeah, and, and don't um, get me wrong, like I actually listened to a lot of that too. Like we have a radio station, The River. Yeah, nine seven one. Nine seven one. That oh, yeah. was like a lot of my high school actually. Yeah, I mean it's so. it's, it's just it's it's comfort food music to me. <laughs> uh, I don't listen to it as much anymore. I still love a good Led Zeppelin listening session every now and then. But um, I guess I get to answer your original question. I guess I go through phases, but there are also bands that I own their entire discography, and I'll they're always playing in the background mm-hmm. of my life. They're always going to be there. What are some of those bands? Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins? Huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. Love that band. Uh, now, now, are those songs that you still play because you can still enjoy them? Or is there also an emotional attachment for the time period that you're through the phases of them? Emotional or? attachment, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Some of those songs, you know, it's like, y'all have the same thing. When you listen to yeah. a song, export it to a certain place. At Black time. Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one of ours that we share is Modest Mouse. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pal's, Pal's a big Modest Mouse fan as I well. I love Modest Mouse, love him. So when you were playing guitar and learning how to play, um, did you take lessons? That you took? Were, were you in band class for this, or did you have a family member teach you? I taught myself just from 
listening and um, having a chord book. And I, the way to get better at guitar really is to play with other people. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough, one of my best friends lived in my neighborhood who also was playing guitar. He's a phenomenal guitar player. He's probably one of the best guitar players I know. His name's David. Um, but we would teach each other stuff and kind of he was taking guitar lessons so I think I was kind of inadvertently <laughs> taking guitar lessons because he would bring what he for free yeah, yeah yeah like he would show me the stuff he was learning guitar lessons and I would try to play it very poorly I might add but um <clears throat> and my dad grew up playing he also taught himself and I, I learned to play on his old Yamaha acoustic and and that old I could still smell the paper from that just that old <laughs> musty paper and just sitting in my room on my chair with that thing spread out on the floor in front of me, trying to learn these chords, my fingers screaming. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh my those, God. those first couple of months is pain. So much. But um, you I build those calluses. It. Yeah, you gotta build those calluses. But um, listening to those Led Zeppelin CDs made made it all worth it. Like mm. I can deal with this stuff. Everyone's telling me that if I just get through these first two months, these calluses will be built up. I want to keep getting better. I want to be able to play like Jimmy Page. I want to be able to play that riff right there. And um, that's how I learned. <laughs> is, is soaking things up from my, my friends who are playing and listening to music. Just did picking you, things out. Did you skip the whole uh, tab phase? Like reading tabs? Oh, I definitely, no, I was dabs. Okay, yeah, I me too at first. Yeah. I, I was not good enough to be able to listen to a song completely and, and pick it out. Oh, God, no. Not in those no. early years, no. No. If you give me a little while, I might be able to do it today, maybe, if you give me enough time to dabble around. But (laughs) I I, I still refer Mm, when I want to learn a new song, yeah. Okay, I've like switched Mm -hmm. into mainly just chords now. Really? So like I'll always just like look for chords now because I think it's just a way easier way to play. Yeah. And so like once I got comfortable with chords, I was like, okay, this is fine. Yeah. And so... Plus, when you're playing with chords, you can... It's it's a lot easier to play for people. Yeah, Like sit down and, and turn on my electric guitar and like... Let me play you all the lead parts to Sweet Child of Mine. Like people might yeah. be impressed, but they're like, but no, I can't get into this. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. When you're playing chords, it's a lot easier for everyone to be able to, if they know this song, they can sing with you and yeah. you, and get on. Yeah, usually when you're doing tabs, you're playing the melody. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when you play chords, you're like playing the background. You That's sing right. the melody. Right? That's right. That's and right. so everybody gets more into it. Yeah. Which is, I think, why I got into it like that as well. Right. Right. And so right, now right. I'm just like, yeah, chords, give me chords. That's perfectly fair. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's perfectly fair. So, so have you ever thought about taking your musical talents and, and making it on a broader scene as far as performing in front of other strangers, or has it always been just a hobby and a personal thing where you kind of um, play along with friends and, and jam out when you can? It's it's mainly been the, the second one. Mm-hmm. It's just jamming out when I can. I um. W- would you enjoy being a rock star? Like if if that was if that was in the stars and in in you know the right right things lined up, would you enjoy that lifestyle? What's the rock star lifestyle, TJ? Bed by eight, lots of Netflix. Church on Sundays. No, you know, tra- travel, women, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Coca-Cola, not cocaine. The classic sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I don't think I would be able to handle that. I don't think I would be able to handle... If I was launched into fame, I don't think I would handle I think I would take a Kurt Cobain approach if... As just overindulge, yeah, just overindulge, and then the weight and the pressure of the fame eventually leading me to take my life or something like that. You know, it's, it's I, I don't think I would be able to deal with that very well. Just my personality, um, handling that kind of lifestyle and on the road all the time and being around 
certain, you know, substances that I might abuse and being around certain women that I might indulge in and I don't think I'd be able to handle that very well, so <laughs> I've just kept it to a hobby, really. Yeah. And I like playing for people. I've played in front of, a, a, I mean, small stuff, but I've never taken it past that. Never really had an interest to take it past that. It's more of a hobby. Nice. You, uh, so this is something I've, like, come across. It's like, I want to take out my guitar and play, like, at parties and stuff, yeah. but I don't want to be that guy who, like, yeah, brings yeah, out yeah, the guitar yeah, and plays yeah. at parties. Have you ever, like, come across that? It's just like, I. Uh, I have been at that crossroads before. Yeah. Um, and it's all about who, who you're with. I think that's so, like the right way to assess it. It's just to, to get a friend who comes out and, and makes you play. <laughs> yeah. in, in, uh, that yeah. way, Dude, in that way. Dude, 30 minutes, make me get out my guitar yeah. and make yeah. me play this song. Oh, oh God. So. No, <laughs> that, way, that way you're only guitar guy for one guy, but then that <laughs> other guy is the guy that made the guitar guy play. Yeah, and nobody fair. likes him just as much. That so much. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to learn how to play guitar so I can like, you know, get laid. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I tried to never play my guitar in public unless like, it's like close friends. Like we yeah. jammed that one time and that was yeah, great. That was fun. It was like you know, nobody else is around. It's just like everybody knew. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I was right. trying to impress. I was impressed. <laughs> Excuse me, I dropped down on my knees. I was so impressed. Yeah. <laughs> to pray. That's why. To, pray. Pray. to, to pray. pray that we would oh remain good friends. <laughs> this Please. is a G ready. Damn it. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah that's what I meant. Uh, um, oh no. So, are you? What are you listening to nowadays? Then? Like, what's Let's your current see. obsession with? My current obsession. I. I've I've kind of gone back to the early '90s alternative. I've listened to. I've been listening to a lot of Alice in Chains. Okay. Um. Pandora has been my, my thing recently for the past year, and I, I listen to certain stations, White Stripes Radio. Love, oh, yeah. I love the White Stripes. White Stripes are great. Um, I listen to a lot of them. listen to a lot of the Smashing Pumpkins Radio, uh, Jimi Hendrix Radio, my roots, got to have that, mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin stuff. Um, so would you say like, you're actively searching for new music ever now, or are you kind of just like passively letting these radios four years ago i was desperate to hear anything new that i possibly could i was constantly searching for something new yeah these days as i spend my time doing other things i'm not totally searching I, I still love music but it's definitely taken the side right road of my life it's it's not in the front whereas in the past it used to be yeah. what what concert would you go to that you haven't been to yet? Like, if there's a band, is there is there a band that you're just like, I need to see them? I want to see Jack White mm -hmm. from the White Stripes, and he's doing his solo stuff now, I think. Right. Have you listened um, to that stuff? Yeah, a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I liked his newest album. Uh, it wasn't Blunderbuss, but something else. No, what was it called? But I heard that one, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, he's, he's, I love his personality. That's that's what kind of makes him. Uh, he's a He's a good Catholic. Is he a good Catholic? Well, he's not a good Catholic, but he like, he was raised Catholic. Bear had a little Catholic golf, and really? yeah, it's on YouTube if you have a chance to check it out. So, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I would love to see Jack White. I see Modest. Oh, I've seen Modest Mouse before. I've seen someone I haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that's a yellow lantern ring bouncing on the table. Yeah, so just, my my Sinestro core ring. Sinestro core ring. Watch out. So. I have the ability to instill great fear. <laughs> um, who would I see? No concerts lined up at all? Not really, no. Not I mean, it's part of it's where I live. There's not a lot of music available. Right. There's not a lot of concerts that I'm perking my ears at. How far is Brisbane from Atlanta? 
Bainbridge is four hours away. Bainbridge. Brisbane. Brisbane's in Australia. That's a long way away. From Brisbane. Brisbane's like the bizarro world of Bainbridge. That'd be awesome. There'd be like a bizarro me there. There'd be a bizarro you. All right, so let's shift gears. We talk about music, and then you're a big writer, and you love writing. You say that one day you might want to write. Who? What writers inspire you? What? What are um, the big names that uh, you like. The the Led Zeppelin version of, of authors for me is Stephen King, for sure. Mm, I, I think mean, that's a fair comparison. I, <laughs> I think that's a fair translation. I, I literally tore through his his library. Not his personal library. His, <laughs> his bibliography. I went to his home and yeah, we just, just tore it all up. All those <laughs> Is my way of showing affection for him. I'm like a dog. This this sounds like a Stephen King book. (laughs) Just like a rabid fan breaking in. Um, But I I tore through his big bibliography in in high school. Um, What'd you read? Like, what what stuck with you? Salem's Lot. Lot. Pet Cemetery. The Stand. So Eyes of the Dragon. I have like an interesting relationship with Stephen King. Like, I've only read his Dark Tower series. Ooh, and nothing else. Okay. And I didn't even read. He put out another one, like a, a eighth book. I think it's like a little. I'm not sure if it's a prologue or not. Something. But some little um, independent thing. It definitely yeah, ties into. I read the it, original yeah. Dark Tower like throughout middle school, mm-hmm. and that's not middle school material. But <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. I don't remember no. a lot of it, admittedly. But like, I can remember just having these giant tomes, like always, constantly reading, like in class and stuff. And yeah, just like, yeah. I it took me like. I guess probably like a year or something um, to get through all seven. Mm-hmm. But I can just remember like bits and pieces and like the bits and pieces that I remember are just like horrific stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, at, the, at lieu of spoilers, there's like some pregnancy and she has like a demon child and like, what is this? I'm, yeah. I'm like 10. I'm like literally 10. <laughs> so, this is all so yeah. new to me. And I'm just like, so uh, did, did that have any like weird effects on you like later on when dating? And I don't know, man. <laughs> can't get this girl pregnant with a demon. At this point, it's like, I'm just almost just like suppressed it. Yeah, I've almost like suppressed it. Like, <laughs> my mind's like, who? Like, there's a gunslinger and he time travels and Stephen King puts himself in the books, which is kind of cool. That's right. That's um, right. But yeah, like I have not read anything else by him. Like I haven't read it or Salem's Lot or The Stand or The Shining or I haven't seen any of that stuff either it's just like I don't know but it was good I liked it yeah so. I think you would dig some of his other stuff some of his um or horror and oriented stuff it'd be weird now because I'd be going back to it as an adult yeah and uh, yeah. that's that's something I've also noticed with Lord of the Rings where it's like mm-hmm. I also read those books in middle school mm-hmm. and I think they're very dry like well, I only read absolutely. through them once and I'm never gonna read back through them again. Try the silver, right? And oh god, no! Like one of my good <laughs> friends, uh, Kyle, he loves Lord of the Rings, and uh, he's read the silver in like twice. Like that's like his fandom, and I just can't get into it. Like yeah, it's hard. I I remember getting the second movie, The Two Towers, on DVD, and back when you still rent the DVDs. Yeah. And uh, I turned it on, watched it for like ten minutes, and I was like, "This is boring," and I turned it off, and I just like left it. Really? And, but conversely, I went to go see the third movie, uh, Return of the King, in theaters. And like I sat through that like three and a half hour movie somehow. I have no idea how I did it. But all I remember for that was just like giant elephants. And it was just like, or they're called Oliphants, right? Oliphants, yeah. 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 And it's like, that's all I remember from the like, Return of the King. And, and you like, haven't touched the, the Lord of the Rings since? I read The Hobbit, like, maybe growing up. Um, like twice uh-huh. like I probably like read it and then like I went back and read it and then followed up with the Fellowship of the Ring and everything yeah. but I've not touched it since I've seen the first Hobbit movie mm. and it wasn't that great 
It was just because it's split into three yeah, parts. Yeah, the, right? the Hobbit. Movie. Yeah, so I didn't watch the second or third. But the parts. Lord of the Rings movies, you just yeah, you have no excuse not to watch those. So I mean, no, I, I totally get that they're great movies and stuff. I haven't gone back and watched them. I, maybe I should, but okay. yeah, I don't know. They're really good. So uh, we're we're nearing the the end of our time uh, through this interview. It seems like it's kind of flown by, but we like to kind of end these things with hypothetical questions. Uh, all right. I think we you know asked Ray J about alternate realities last time. Yeah, any good hypotheticals, Summit? I think I always love when you ask me these, CJ, because I never have good hypotheticals. But <laughs> sometimes you'll just randomly ask me like. Hey, what's? Uh, would you rather have this or this? Oh, I'm yeah. just like, where did you even find this? But like, it's such a good <laughs> the, question. The, the dark recesses deep of my and mind, deep in the, <laughs> the corners deep. of his brain. Uh, oh, so I've I've got one for you, pal. Um, the year it or let's see, it's ten years from now. So you'd be approximately 35, 34, 33, around that range. Thirty four, thirty five. Yeah, you'd be around that. And um, uh, in this hypothetical situation, we're gonna just say that you um. You you have your family and friends still that you have, but you're a bachelor, um, and the U.S. is sending a colony to space. Um, they're sending good. they're sending a hundred and fifty people into space who will never return to Earth, um, and they ask you to go to be their uh, writer slash guitarist, <laughs> as every spaceship needs when you're, when you're selecting a group of designated people to guitarist, go. Yeah. designated artist, <laughs> yeah, designated artist, yeah, to capture the culture of the the space station. It's very important. Yes. Um. So you're asked by your government. Um. They're gonna, you know, give you, uh, three million dollars. The five billion. We'll make it five million dollars that you can give out to your family and friends and whatnot because you really don't need it too too much in the colonies because it's basically survival. Um. But you will become a footnote in history. Um. As or probably even bigger than a footnote, you know, See, for, for the first <laughs> colony. Yeah, the first colony. Yeah, you'd be. I mean, like you'd be. You'd be considered kind of like the colonist of America, just like. I would be considered like, that, like Lewis bigger. and Clark. Yeah, like you'd you'd be up there. You know, you might not be. And I not might not be called the Powcob. You know, experience. Powcob experience. We're just dropping ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're supposed to be doing work and research. We're just partying. <laughs> Most, mostly surviving and like growing food, but I, uh, oh, whatever. Okay. We'll, do, we'll deal with that. <laughs> but but uh, no, you'll be you'll be like part of that group, but like you're not. It's not like named after you or whatever. But you're ever remembered. I will be a lot among that list of names. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be making great steps. Would you sacrifice your life on Earth um, to pioneer space? Thirty-four, thirty-five-year-old single bachelor. Mm-hmm. With one hundred and fifty people. With one hundred other people. One hundred forty-nine people. Are these other people dudes like me who are just kind of... It's, it's a mixture. So it's like, uh, you know, obviously like a bunch of scientists, men and women, mm -hmm. um, some uh, uh, administrators run things, farmers and uh, experts like that, and then um, just, you know, everything you would need to, to run. And it's not like you're going to be uncomfortable, but you're still surviving out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to be uncomfortable. It'd be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a change of pace. It's a, it's a hard life. Yeah. But, you know, to be one of the first. To be one of the first, that's a big deal. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Because 34, 35, I feel like as good as things are right now, that's when things will really start getting interesting in life on Earth. That's when I'm hoping my career is really ramping up and I can really explore all the options that I've been wanting to explore and travel the world like I'm wanting to travel meet the woman of my dreams if I haven't already met her yet. You know, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I feel like 
putting that all aside to give my fans do that anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. And and without having to launch myself in outer space in a little tin can and colonize whatever we're colonizing. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean that's so, abso- that's absolutely fair. That's um, a, it's a, I I would I I have a good feeling that the most people would answer Earth. Yeah. It would be a lot. I I think it'd have to be a rare individual to want to. I don't have an answer for that. Um, it's your own question. That's my own question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's a tough question, and that's fair. I mean, there's a that's lot a to explore down here. Plenty yeah. to explore. There's a lot of life to explore. Mm-hmm. My own personal timeline. Yeah, Switch I like that question a lot because you can modify a bunch. Like mm-hmm. the one that I've asked this version of um, that you reminded me of is like, what is the minimum number of people it will take before you would go on that journey? Mm-hmm. Fifty. It's not a lot. It's tiny. Uh, I think the people you can have close relationships with. Yeah. Um, there's like some upper limit to what you can actually like. Sure. So like that's about what that is. Like families, friends, and I guess your neighborhood or communities, whatever. Mm-hmm. So what would be that minimum level? And like I've been, I was thinking about this. Is like you know we went to new people there. I didn't know everybody there, but you know was that enough people? I mean, granted, see us in high schoolers. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't yeah. 2000. You know, grown adult men and women. But you know, what would be the minimum? And I, I think. 2,000 would be it for me. I think that's big enough. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I need a lot. And you still have communication, like, right. back and forth, right? Right. Yeah. And I that's mean, only going to get better. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not like I would never see my family again. Right. Well, in this one, yeah. That's, in in yours, yeah. yeah okay. In my, oh, my yeah. version, you'd be, uh, you'd be sick based to research it. It's a definite no for yeah. me. That'd be tough. It's, it's a, a hard, definite no. Hard choice. Yeah. So okay. even if there was, like, if you could pick, like, if the number moved up to 18,000. And I could pick? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, you, you need to pick your thing, but it's 18,000. <laughs> all the most beautiful supermodels in the world. <laughs> all Brazilian women. All the Brazilian Victoria's Secret Just, models, yeah. Brazil no longer can repopulate because <laughs> they're all gone. All the women are all gone the with Pal and the outer space. <laughs> So long. The Palcom. So long. <laughs> the Palcom. Palcom and the Brazilians. Imagine kids reading that. It's just like, oh, what a weird page. And Palcom. We had Barack speak. Obama be the first black president in Pal- chapter 12. <laughs> Palcom experience. <laughs> Definitely be the best chapter in that book. I would, I would read it every day. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Mr. Cobb. Hey, guys. I loved it. I'll yeah. be back another time soon. Absolutely. You're, you're invited anytime, any day, any hour. A second. Any, any nanosecond in the microverse. Um, pal, quick, we saw Ant Man last night. Thoughts? Um, it was a good movie. I thought the middle hour was really rushed. I think changing directors in the middle of pre production kind of gave it a little speed bump. But uh, I would give it a solid 6.5 out of 10. I think it's the weakest Marvel movie so far. But it definitely sets up some good opportunities for the future. Yeah. So. How, how many potato salads would you give it? <laughs> mm, three potato salads. All right, you heard that from 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 the mouth of I'll the hordes. <laughs> go see Ant Man, maybe depending on maybe. how much you like no, potato salad. Go see go see Ant Man regardless. If you're if you like these kind of movies, go see it. The the special effects are great. Paul Rudd, he's just he makes the movie. Uh, and it's cool to see him work with with ants and oh I'm not gonna spoil anything just go see it. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. You're gonna love it. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, thank you, pal. Thank y'all. All right.
And that was my good friend, Mr. Pal Cobb. Um, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, you know, it's hard to find such an interesting guest as Mr. Cobb. He's a, he's a very obviously uh, well-versed man in a lot of things. I, I definitely consider him a Renaissance uh, man um, in this modern age, much like a uh, Drake or LeBron James, um, because you know LeBron James acts as well as you know so whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you for joining and stay tuned. Hopefully, the next typical hunk will come out sooner rather than later. All right, everyone, have a good one. Devin on the beat.